Is that you, Pedro? I've been wondering where you were. I wasn't. I wasn't stealing the communion wine there. I just. I was only getting the keys, you know, for what's his name's. Carfinner's going to drive down there. Take care of that. Jess. Are you all right, Matt? I want to show you something. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Fear Me Podcast. This is episode 35, and we're covering Preachers Season 1, Episode 2, The Possibilities. Uh, oh, I didn't introduce the rest of you. <laughs> Hi, this is Scott. Stuart. <laughs> we're happy to be here with Kim. Yeah. Kim, you, you just keep on going. <laughs> roll with it, sister. <laughs> you're, you're on a roll. That's great. Okay, Glad you're so excited. Get... I gotta get to the sad part now. Oh, that's right. Tone it down. Before we get started, I wanted to touch on the Pulse Orlando shooting that occurred over the weekend. I personally am very saddened over what happened, and as a podcast, we wanted all of our listeners to know that we do stand by our LGBTQ family, friends, and listeners, and we will have everyone that was affected in our prayers. Um, it was a super sad day in our history, yet again. And hopefully one of these days, people will wise up and this will stop. So Yeah, I think Scott and I second that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, moving on. Scott, what are you drinking? Yes, ma'am. I am drinking another local Charlotte Brewery's uh, beer. It's uh, from um, Triple C is the name of the brewery. And this is their 3C, India Pale Ale. It's very good. What's the C stand for? Um, 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 do not know. I'm guessing Triple Charlotte. I guess I'm guessing Charlotte's in there somewhere. Yeah, hmm. a crown yeah. possibly. Crown uh, City, Charlotte. I don't know. Cucumber. No. You give me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just drink some more, Scott. You'll it's very up. good, though. It's very good. It's one of the local brews here, and uh, but it's gotten very popular, and it started branching out. Matter of fact, I saw a sticker of this brewery in a bar in Denver hmm. when I was out there one time. That's cool. Which I thought was kind of cool. So, anyway, good local brew. What about you guys? Well, we're drinking it again. This time it is Sound Check Pilsner. Czech as in Czech Republic or Czech one, two. Yeah. Ah. Check, 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 uh-huh. check your mic. Like, sibilance, sibilance. Czech Pilsner. Here's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Terrapin came out with a couple different ones. Yeah, everybody, uh-huh. everybody out there, you see Kim's can. Yeah, everybody look at Kim's can. <laughs> God, there's got to be a better way to put yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> it's bootylicious. <laughs> Does it actually say that? <laughs> I did. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Okay, so we this it has German hops for noble superiority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turn it up for an encore performance. German Pilsner is noble. Yes. Anyway, it's pretty good. I like it. Did you get it at our favorite distributor? No. 
<laughs> Sorry, growler time. Man. I know. We've been we, were, we were, yeah, we were planning on going over there today because happy news or somewhat sad. Uh, kids are gone. <laughs> mm, yes, in-laws took uh, the kids for a week. Two weeks, buddy. Uh, well, yeah, ten days, whatever. Semantics. Um, it's yeah, they two are. Full weeks. They, what are you still arguing with me again? <laughs> They are, uh, folks, they are going to do exciting things like watch TV, clean, eat, clean our house, mm-hmm. clean the house and watch more TV. Go to Alabama. Sweet. Mm-hmm. We're here. It's good times. Good times. Absolutely. But we do miss them already. Kind of. Sort of. So. It's, yeah, it's just weird not having That's them right. around. I ditched, my, I ditched my wife for a week. Yeah, you don't have your wife either. Party time in the Sonderman house. Yeah, but you actually yeah, just already. left her on the side of the road. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, She'll find her way back. She always does. <laughs> she always does. She's like a homing pigeon. Uh, took her near the woods this time, though. So. Okay. <laughs> like way Sounds out good. with a blindfold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. Shall we talk about the episode? <laughs> I think yes. I think we should. Yes. <laughs> Might get arrested talking about anything else. I know. Yeah, so we're on uh, episode two of Preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibilities. Mm-hmm. Kim, what did you? What was your impression of the uh, overall impression of the show? I loved it as usual. I think it was a bit slower than some of the other episodes, but um, I, I I don't have anything negative to say at all. It was great. I yeah, I agree. It was a little slower. I, I felt it. We we kind of watched it last night and had uh, trouble because in laws were here and kids were kind of crazy. But so we watched it again today and. Um, yeah, I still kind of came away with the same feeling that it was a little bit slower, but, uh, you know, the working out of the possibilities of what's going to happen with, um, with Jesse and Cassidy was awesome. And we got to see some new characters come into play with, uh, Donnie and the man in the white hat or white suit. And also, uh, Carlos, who's the guy that dicked him over at some point. Tool up in Jesse, that is. So, yes. Yeah, no, it was a great, it was actually a very good episode, but I'm excited to see the next one, to be honest. Oh, yeah. So, well, I thought, I thought, um, I agree with you. I think the pace slowed down a bit, but I did think it was very necessary because we finally got, you know, Mm -hmm. we had raced ahead on a lot of stuff. So it was kind of good to, to, um, you know, get, get back on pace with, uh, the story and get some more of the background so that we know. When we race ahead next time, we'll have some more feeling behind it or, or knowledge. Um, we got a ton from the stories of uh, Jesse and Tulip mm-hmm. um, and the English gentleman and uh, and a creepy glimpse of Odin. Yes. Um, and then, of course, like you said, Stu, the, the next mystery is who's the man in the white suit? Yeah, right. You know, I was actually surprised we didn't see anything uh, dealing with the cowboy again, though. But I'm sure we will. Yeah. I'm sure we will. He'll come back. Um, okay, let's let's talk because I'm getting excited. Well, let, let me mention one thing that I thought was really cool, and I think you guys will probably agree with me on this. They evidently they have started what is going to be their uh, regular recurring um, introduction of the show. Oh right, uh, the graphics and so oh, forth. Oh yeah, that's the a, intro. Mm-hmm. Right, the intro. That's evidently how they're going to be doing it from now on, from what I read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I mean it. You know, especially if you get the right 
kind of crazy uh, Western type music. It sounds, it looks a lot like what you get from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the huge letters and the and the graphics and all that going with it. So I could definitely see that that's going to be a, a neat, neat transition into the show. I was surprised to see that they had the opening, thematic mm-hmm. stuff like that, opening sequence. Right. Yeah, opening but opening sequence. Thing. It was it was cool. They definitely needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they're going to change it at all. Well, we, supposedly we... that is supposedly that's going to be their regular opening. Okay. Now they may do different things with the music and so forth. I would I have a feeling, but that's the the model that they're going with from now on. The first two episodes were not going to have it. They had the the big cold opening like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we open with Danny. We finally get to meet Danny and realize mm-hmm. it's a woman. Mm-hmm. It's not a man. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to Tulip, who Danny, by the way, looks like a lot like Julia Roberts. Roberts, don't mm-hmm. you? Think? Do you see that? Sure. <laughs> you roll with it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I'm just long for the ride, sister. <laughs> um, but Danny hands over information to Tulip that she's really been wanting. And we mm-hmm. find out that it's the address of Carlos. Yes. Carlos. Yes. The man who dicked them. Yes. So apparently they're ex-business partner, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And sounds like he left them high and dry after a, a, a business deal gone bad, maybe, and stole all their money. And Well, she, yeah, she, I think she, um, Tulip even said uh, child killer or something like that. So obviously right. there's a whole crap load of stuff that this guy did. But I think the cool, the, the best part is when you find Tulip and Danny in the park. Uh, Danny's yeah. sitting there trying to sell him, her on um, killing her own husband. Right. I mean, the, and the description of the murder scene is just perfect. Yeah, she's going through a scenario. Whole, yeah, she's going through a whole description and like of what she needed to do. Oh, and you can knock me out, leave me on the floor bleeding. You know how whatever. You can t- pick whatever way you want to do. Right at nine thirty, <laughs> he goes upstairs so you can do that. Whatever. And then Tulip's like, "I am not killing your husband." Well, it sounds like Danny's tried to ask her to do this before yeah possibly oh yeah definitely tulip definitely. sounded like exasperated like come yes. on not again i'm not gonna kill your husband <laughs> God. but then tulip asked her what grail industries is okay so grail uh-huh. industries now now that we've seen the entire episode that was the map that was that she stole from the guys in the in the cornfield. Right, right, right. right. Something about gra- gra- uh, Grail, Industries. Grail Industries, but Grail, right. like as in the Holy Grail, possibly could be, or maybe it's named after Mister Ashley Grail. Who's Ashley Grail? I have no idea. I just made it okay. up. I mean, it was just a name. Well, you know. I'm just saying that there's um so many little tidbits were entered in were introduced. In this episode, and then at the very end, we find out some very important information about the two men, the British men, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and it just seems like it all kind of ties together. It could be. It could be. You mean them talking, saying they're from heaven? Okay, yeah, I wasn't going to talk about it yet, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking about Grail Industries, might okay. as well bring it up. Now, you don't have to keep it a secret. No, I think that, yeah, uh, it could be. It could be. I, yeah, I, I just... Could... I don't know if those guys just made that up, too. I don't know, but, uh, well, yeah, okay. I don't want to go into it too much, but that guy is keeps saying stuff out loud that mm-hmm. the other guy's like, damn it, why did you say that? <laughs> right. 
You're talking about Fiori. And, Fiori yeah, is incredibly Fiori, honest and uh, and pretty angry. Looks like and exasperated with his partner. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but Le, De Blanc, the shorter guy, is um, he's definitely more the spokesman of the two. Yes. And uh, he's he's more he's the slicker one who comes up with the plans. I think. Uh, right. Right. I think Fiori's more the. Uh, more muscle than, than anything. I tell you what, I didn't think that those two were going to make as much of a, uh, uh, they're going to stay around as much as they have. <laughs> oh, they stand around. All right. <laughs> yeah. They cannot, they can't get rid of them. No. Mm-mm. No. But, uh, before we go back to see them and, and the, the policeman, um, the old, uh, Don, uh, Danny goes and after she's made the trade with Tulip and goes to the theater, the crazy ass theater. Yeah. Where the, they were watching a snuff it, film, or something. Yeah, it was yeah, a snuff, it was snuff like, film. It, it was, was a snuff, snuff film, film festival. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Is that what it said? Okay. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't you know, it was definitely a snuff film, though. You could tell. It sounded awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can imagine a snuff film is pretty damn awful. Uh, yeah, and so she she uh, goes behind whoever the man in the white suit is and hands the stuff off and says something to him about. Tulip, and then he yeah, just she waves says, her out. I told you she was good. I told y'all you my act, girl was good. Y'all act like you don't know who this man is. Uh, Do you know who this man is? It's I don't... Odin. No. No, he was much no, too he tall was, for no, this guy. Yeah, this guy was big. I think it's Odin. It's not. Uh, no I don't way. think so. He I was, totally think it's Odin. When, he, when you saw him walking down that hallway, he was tall and thin. Yeah. Odin yeah. is like a short it little It could have been a trick guy. of the camera. Nah, I don't. They're wearing uh, the same. You're whack, babe. The way they're wearing the same suit. Later on, we hear Odin listening to the cows being slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. I totally think it's but, him. No, I think there's some connection between uh-huh. whatever you're hearing in that movie and him listening to what was on that loudspeaker. I or on the speakers from the cows being slaughtered. I totally agree with you, Kim. There was something connected there. I don't think that was him, though, leaving the... I really don't. I will tell you this, though. This is a thought that just came to me. You know, um, the scenes with Odin, Donnie is reading that letter. Yeah. It sounds mm-hmm. like uh, their plan for a merger type thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was right. Quail Industries. Grail Industries? Or Grail. See? Grail Industries. Did you call it Quail? I did. Okay. I did. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> cool. He said it was green. Something. I know, but I wonder if that's Grail Industries, though. Well, I don't know if yeah, I don't how know they, if he was how that ties in name. I don't know. It's all convoluted. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. Kim, you might you might be right. I don't think you are, but but no, <laughs> no. I mean, it's a valid. What I'm saying is, it's a valid point, and I, I think it could. It, there definitely is some odd connection there. It just it didn't seem like him to me. I didn't think so at first either, but then when I watched it again, it just, it seems like they, the camera was lower to the ground and it was kind of filming up to make him look taller. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yep. We yeah. will find out. And obviously folks, we don't always agree. Nope. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I think we do always agree. Yeah. In the end, we probably do, but whatever. No, I think we do. No, we don't. Because you both suck. <laughs> yes, we do. 
<laughs> so we so we we leave that and we get to see um, our two English gentlemen, De Blanc and Fiore, talking to Sheriff Root about their situation mm-hmm. and why they're in town. Um, they go through all this thing about them being government agents and that they are after somebody. But really, I think Sheriff Root thinks it's more, you know, he's trying to lead it towards being like an escaped person. Right. They don't really, mm. they don't really admit to that. Well, he, they say something is escaped. They said one got loose. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So but the, the, doesn't, doesn't he say something like, uh, or Sheriff Root actually asked. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is it like a escape prisoner? He said, "Is this like an escape prisoner?" Yeah, uh, yeah, but he didn't. He said some, he used some other term. I can't remember. What oh, an escape lunatic. That's what he said. Yeah, like so, escape lunatic. Right. And yeah, and and DeBlanc said no, and Fiore said yes. Right. And then DeBlanc had to like double back and say, "Well, um, yeah." Which? Sure. Yeah. Which? He says he was said like yes in a way. Yeah, in a way, right. Which one is which? Who, which guy? Uh, DeBlanc is the short guy. Fiore's the the tall guy. Okay. And then, and then, uh, didn't DeBlanc say, and don't tell anyone? And Fiore said, and leave us alone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But then, then, Root goes into that odd child Creepy disappearance story. story that, while, it, like you say, it was incredibly creepy, but I didn't get it. What was that about? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out too. Well, it it was about the um, so there the kid gets lost at the park, mm-hmm. and the parents leave their two kids with the pretzel maker who had been working there for thirty years. And while right. they're off looking for their other kid, they find the other kid. And when they come back, they the other two kids are gone. And it was something about trusting uh, trusting um, the pretzel maker, the guy who it, they had been familiar with for 30 years or had worked there for 30 years. Or could it be that he was saying that um, lunacy comes in many forms? Most or, unexpected you know, places. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I don't, yeah it I still just was odd. I mean, it was, you know, he was definitely the guy thinks uh, people are crap in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's it, down it seem- about everybody pretty much. It it was a. It seemed like a trust thing. Like even the people that you think you can trust, you can't trust. Was the kind of the story. But he was, he was saying that he just read that in the Gazette. It wasn't even thing, anything that they were um, right around his town or anything. He just read the story and just decided to to share the story. Yeah, but at the end he does say the world. You know, the world's full of you know bad stuff or something. Well, like yeah. look at his family exactly. life. His wife sits in front of the TV in a comatose state all the time. His mm-hmm. child tried to kill himself and possibly tried to kill or did kill somebody else. And then you've got all the people in the town making fun of his kid for the way he mm-hmm. looks. Right. So he, but, you know, he's been he's been down on people in general since the starting of the series, even in mm-hmm. his first conversation with Jesse when Jesse was in the truck. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's had a history where people have been down on him and he's... He's a he's a he's a policeman who's trying to uphold law and order, and he just keeps getting shat on apparently mm-hmm. from his family life. And so I just think he's he's an incredibly big pessimist. He could be that too. I mean, I know, but that story just it it was very detailed. It does seem like there was something in it. Yeah, you know, well, there has to be something to it, and yep. you know, maybe we find out later on that this guy just likes to tell very detailed stories. I don't know, but. uh 
yeah it was it was story. it was one of those uh, it was one of the scenes in this where it did leave me scratching my head and maybe not for the best reason mm-hmm. you know that was the one thing scene in the show where i kind of went all right what the hell was that about <laughs> that was the one scene not a, <laughs> Yeah, not in, not in a positive. It's kind of like okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's move on. Um, so when he leaves and they and he's they're talking about okay, we're gonna try again with the can. And Fiore asked DeBlanc, so is it still there? Is he talking about is the can still at yes. the yes um, yes he's talking about is the can still in the church. church because then they flash back to when uh, DeBlanc is getting beaten. And he looks over under the pew, and there's the can sitting there. Okay, so it was nothing in the can. Still. No, no, like but they just, need he had the, left can. the can. There. They need the can for whatever oh, right, they're trying to do. Because they got chopped up right. and buried. Right. But okay. okay, so why do they need a can to control an entity, a dark entity? We do not know. Uh, okay. Well, it just seems weird to me because mm-hmm. apparently, I'm sure this dark entity has been around for a really long time, and they're using a coffee can. Well, well, they keep saying they need to put it back, right? Like it had been there before. I mean, well, that's it's, what I mean. Right, the coffee can is—we don't know. I mean, it may be just a disguise for something. I don't know. The coffee can could be the grave. But you could even see—you could even see. Ooh, there's an interesting thought. But you could see that. Oh, I wonder if these guys are maybe from Grail Industries. That's yes. what I'm telling you. You people are not listening to me. <laughs> or really? No, I, I agree with you on to. that. I think there's. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But you could even see when they were talking to Cassidy, the guy, the guy kept say, pointing at the can, going, "Yeah, we've got to get it back in." Uh-huh. And and you know, so something about their archaic systems that they've got—that big trunk with all the weird devices in there and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Sorry, a huge firework just went makes off. Kim really want to growl. Is that your stomach, Kim? It is. I'm starving. <laughs> Uh, at least your stomach didn't break through a window this time no all right so the next thing we found was that uh emily was visiting the the uh, parishioner with the comatose daughter i think the daughter's name is tracy um and the daughter's eyes are now open because we saw at the end of the last episode jesse said open your eyes to the girl Mm-hmm. Um, and she sits her up and she falls over yes when she sits her up and she falls over um, <laughs> but obviously Jesse freaked out after it happened because the, the woman said he came over he was obviously drunk and right. he went in there to pray with her and then he yelled and ran out of there and ran <laughs> out of the house so obviously Jesse got freaked out by mm-hmm. whatever he had done one thing though I think that this 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 thing um this and another thing that happens later in the episode, I can't remember. Or maybe it was the it was the scene with um, Donnie in the bathroom. It's obvious that um, the the power that Jesse has is is either very literal, or um, he can't make something impossible happen. Mm, yeah. You know, I mean, he, yeah. you know, he could say to the girl, open your eyes, telling her brain, you know, his voice would affect her brain saying, open your eyes. But I don't know if Jesse can say, heal your brain. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, something well, like well, yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's evident when he's when he's messing with Cassidy, too. Yeah. Because he tells him to fly, but it doesn't make him fly. Right. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He just runs right into the wall. Yeah. So it's it's not that it's 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 
making his, the brain do whatever the body can possibly do. Right. It's he's it's a at suggestion. It's a it's right. a overall command that he has, but he's not changing anything really. It's not like a supernatural thing. Unless, you know, I, they could evolve. I don't know. But during that whole dialogue I thought it was interesting just because of what she brought up, but he had clearly been drinking. Mm-hmm, but yet mm-hmm. she was so like <laughs> right. enamored with what he was able to do. Right. You know, that yeah. she was like, she, she, she had to say that part, but like completely just washed over it. Right. Because, like, oh, okay. right. Because she says that, uh, he, he made the, he told her that something was going to happen. Right. And something obviously happened. Right. And she's talking right. to Emily and, and it's almost like she's trying to get validation from Emily that this was the something that was going to happen. Right. Well, she's also like uh, professor root, uh, sheriff root who, um, is just very pessimistic mm-hmm. in life. Because so many changed. bad things have happened. But she well, changed. She, she's bit. changed in the fact that she believes that something could happen. Mm-hmm. But No, I think she might be changed in the fact that maybe she started to have a little faith. Yeah. Because Jesse was very sincere about, you know, what he said to her, um, you know, about, I, I, I don't believe there's horrible things happening to you every day, you know, and so mm-hmm. forth, where he was trying to reach the woman and, and, and find some common ground. But she reminds now, well, go mm-hmm. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was say she reminds me of people who no matter what happiness happens in their life, they always have to find the negative in something. But she she does say she was very rude in how she was yeah. at, and she was sorry for being that rude. Yeah. yeah. And can, so yeah. And I think she actually ends up saying that I mean she's like I you know, because this happened, you know, she you know, she's changed her ways. Mm-hmm. She did actually, I mean, she actually verbalized that she was, you know, she was changed because of what happened to her daughter, so. Right. So, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but that was, a, that was an interesting uh, thing, and, and it's funny, it's, it's kind of like uh, Emily is almost like a private investigator. Yeah. She seems to be kind of following him around and getting little pieces of things going on and so forth. So, eventually, she's going to put something together. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I think the first um, these first few scenes are awesome just because it's all kind of in a line seeing mm-hmm. the different things that he's affected, you know, because you go and you over here and you see the mom and the daughter whose eyes are open. And then the next scene you go to Donnie, who's trying to talk to his son with the broken arm. Right. And he's been affected. Mm-hmm. And he's getting ready to go catch the bus. Yeah, that was with an the in- bus driver who's been affected. Right. It's inter- that that scene with his son was pretty interesting. Because um, the son's freaked out. Oh yeah, like he's completely scared of him. Right. Because they go up that alley, and he thought yeah. for sure his dad was going to whoop his ass. Mm-hmm. And and instead, I think it was probably the <laughs> in a weird way, it was the only nice scene that Donnie has had in the damn show. It is. Where he was actually trying to reach his son and say, you know, that it's not what you think it is, you know. Sometimes adults, well... It's complicated. Adults are complicated. But but the kid's misunderstanding of what is going on between his parents has led Mm -hmm. to the downward spiral of Donnie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's no way... You could tell from the conversation... There's no real way that Donnie can explain that to him. Right. What's going on there? And but I think I think Donnie was just trying to show him, you know, we're not mad at you. It's not what you think. And 
and that's why Donnie says, well, he tells him about another kid that was making fun of his, uh, his dad being the bunny man because mm-hmm. of his bunny sound that uh, that Jesse made him make when he broke his arm. Oh, uh, the kid said it, yeah. Yeah, and it, talking about how one of the kids was talking about that at school and he kicked his ass mm-hmm. to defend mm-hmm. his dad's honor. Right, right. And Donnie was just kind of like, well, good. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. He's a real charm. But I think charm. the only thing he could, the only thing he could say was the last thing he said to his son, which was, I, I love your mother. Like, he, he couldn't right. figure out how to explain it to him in a way where the kid would understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and then they go, he goes over and sees the bus driver who also is wearing bandages on his face <laughs> from being beat up by the preacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, when I when Janie, the little girl, first came on the bus and the, the bus driver was like, well, who are you, little girl? Right. Is this your first day? I was thoroughly lost because I, I didn't even put two and two together at first, and then it finally clicked. Oh, I was creeped as soon as I heard that. I was just like, oh, God, this guy. But apparently he wasn't keeping it all to himself. Like, he was making it known to these girls mm-hmm. that there was something going on in his head. Well, that, of course. You, know, you saw, you saw was, I mean, the, the next girl that went up there made the comment, Oh, Janie, Mr. Creepy Weirdo forgot all about you. Well, that's, right. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, So the kids, they've known that this guy is. He definitely was not keeping it a secret that he had the hots for her. Which well, is gross. And, and see, and I, I, that, to me, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, um, with uh, Jesse's power, where I'm not sure if, if it just does things literally or if he can only... Or, you know, if, or if he has to be broader with his commands or something, because he he made the guy forget about her, mm-hmm. but he didn't make the guy change. Ah, good point. You see what I'm mm. saying? Yeah, you're still right. you're still the pedophile yeah. checking out the girls getting on mm-hmm. the bus. Um, because but, he was he was making a pretty big point of, well, who are you? Right. Yeah. So obviously he was still g- rolling with his creepiness. Um, he just had. No knowledge of that girl. Rolling with his creepiness. I yeah, like he was still rolling that out. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> and then of course, Donnie sticks his head in there and somebody goes, Bunny Man! Yeah, that's <laughs> all that going crazy. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> that was great. Squeal! Was... <laughs> Squeal for us, Bunny Man! <laughs> that's awesome. That was funny. I did laugh at that. He was pushed to his limit this episode. Oh, oh yeah. That's great. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, <laughs> um, so the next thing that happens, I believe, is uh, we find Cassidy in the church and somebody's knocking at the door. Yes. And he opens... Oh, Christ. Yeah, he opens the door to find that there's a coffin <laughs> out there. Uh-huh. What was your first reaction? I thought that was his coffin. <laughs> and someone had, like, delivered it to him or something. Me too. Like yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Like the vampire hunters had found him. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, no, I thought maybe someone would just send him his bed. <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> he had gotten his his bed shipped by uh, FedEx. And then I thought it was the angel guys, mm-hmm. but it seemed kind of weird that they would drop off a coffin for him unless they were trying to send him a signal. Right. You know, that your days right. are numbered or something like that, you know? Yeah. Okay, but, so I got to point this out, though, Kim. So you think the two investigator follower guys that keep saying they're from the government are angels yes i do okay Okay. i just want to clarify that all right 
Now, I did think it had um, that scene had one of the funnier exchanges in there that I wasn't. I didn't pick up the first time I watched it, but uh, where Emily confronts him uh (laughs) about his outfit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when she, she says, she says, you need to take care of this. And he's like, I'm on it. And she, she says, God, what are you wearing? And he says, this is my very I'm on it outfit. Yeah, this is my very on it outfit. <laughs> and she's wearing her Target uniform. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and he's in there in a parka and nothing well, he's else. Got, he's got like an open sweater or something like that and whatever. I don't even know if he's wearing a poncho. I think it was point. a poncho. But um, that was hilarious. Great scene. It's cool to see the two of them together, though, because it's like Cassidy. So just just going off of what we know historically about vampires, Cassidy mm-hmm. is so not a historical vampire. No, no, no. no. And um, but even even if he were, he seems to be somebody who really is trying to fit in and is trying to have friends and. He's just so lovable and comical. and. But, you know, Kim, I think I think he's trying to do that for, like, the first time in forever. Yeah. Because I, I think know. he's gone for so long without caring about anybody. Right. And and that's why he has such a smart-ass relationship with Emily. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a genuine liking of Jesse, and I think that and he feels that Jesse likes him, so he feels like this is a place he can at least stay for a while. But, yeah, and Emily thinks he's a squatter. Yeah, without and, like, a doubt. useless. She thinks she's yeah. taking av- advantage of Jesse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, fix the damn air conditioner already. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was a funny ep- part of the episode. Um, and the, it, What was the coffin for? It was the guy who, oh, took, his yeah, head, who took his heart out. Yeah, yeah, the guy yeah, who took yeah. his heart out. Right, right, for his funeral. That's right. I forgot. And about he was that. he was supposed to be someone was supposed to take it down to a crematorium or whatever. Right. Yeah. Oh, so that's wh- So that's why he was he went to go figure out how he was gonna go out in the sun. So he had right. to go find something to wear, which he is why he wears hat the and... Yeah, that he wears the hat mm-hmm. and uh the and poncho. whatever else. The poncho. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I watched it twice and I still did not put two and two together about why he was going to a crematorium. Mm. But now, now, I, now it makes sense. I got mm-hmm. it. I got it. And it's, but it's so hilarious because if you look at the uh, some of the photos uh, when they previewed him, he's uh-huh. like wearing that hat and he's got like a samurai sword or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. And I was like, all right, he's getting ready for battle. <laughs> right. It's like not at no. all. <laughs> not at all. No. All right. So then uh, we leave that scene and we get to uh, Tulip getting pulled over on the highway, which was interesting. I mean, it, it wasn't a real pivotal scene or anything it was interesting to watch her manipulate the cop yeah yeah, that's what i was um, gonna say it was, it was kind of like a ho-hum type of scene but but i think it said a lot about her that she's very beguiling and you know smooth operator and she gets what she wants and she knows how to work it yeah and i think the most important line of that whole scene was when the cop asked her you know when she was talking about that she she was racing to help a guy through problem or whatever you know and the cop said, is he worth it? And she mm-hmm. says, I wish he wasn't. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think she's honestly opening up, or she's telling an honest story of what she knows, because she's talking about Jesse. That answer so, was definitely honest. Yeah. And uh, even no matter how much, how manipulative she was being with trying to get out of being pulled over, um, she was actually telling the truth about how she felt about Jesse. So. Right. And ready to pull that gun if he didn't let her go. Right. Did you, um, <laughs> just 
pure speculation. Do you think they were married? No. When she showed that ring, when she showed that ring mm-hmm. on top of the car, do you think she was doing that purpose? Oh, of course, right? that she specific left her ring hand to linger. Yeah, well, so the guy would think she or see that she had supposedly been in the military. Right. But was that the ring that yeah. she put on? Yeah, or did she put another she, ring on? I thought she put something on another she, finger. She did. Then, it was a bad edit. She put it on yeah, her, I was gonna say, her it was wedding mistake. ring finger. That's what I thought. And okay, then, I thought she put a wedding ring, a wedding band on. Yeah, and then when they when she put her hand on the roof of the car, it was on her pinky. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. that was just a All bad right. edit. Yep, right. yep. I saw that too, and I was just like, oh, hey, oops. Yeah. Yeah, because even the second time, I was like, she's purposely, she is definitely trying to show that ring off, but I don't think that was the finger she put it on. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, you were right. Very smart. I mean, she has it stashed right next to her license and registration so she knows that if she is stopped by a cop they're going to automatically be drawn to the idea of her being in the military and it proves Mm -hmm. that she's a strong woman and she knows what she's doing but she can also be trustworthy to the cop i guess well i don't think she was really military i think she just had that ring that's what i'm saying she's pretending Mm -hmm. so if she ever gets pulled over which i'm sure she's gotten pulled over a lot because she speeds all the time she can easily get out of it yeah yeah so yeah it's a proven method for her to get out of it right so next scene was uh was uh very funny this is the one where <laughs> jesse is telling i guess telling uh cassidy about his power mm-hmm. and he's and of course cassidy doesn't believe it so he has to try it out on him he's making cassidy do all these things like uh what is it uh Hop on one foot and sing mm-hmm. Johnny Cash. Everything is hop on one foot. Yeah. And then he adds something else. But the best right. is when he says, sing me some Johnny Cash. And he goes, me some Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. which I think is perf- the perfect example of things being too literal. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I thought the most hilarious line, though, is he says, tell me tell me something true. And he goes, I like Justin Bieber. Shite. <laughs> Shite. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Shite. Shite. Who's the governor of Texas? I truly don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fly. And then, yeah. then you see uh, Cassie jump up in the air and smash into the wall. Oh, awesome. And then he lay, you see him lay down and, and uh, Jesse's all worried, you know, and Cassie looks up and he goes, oh, that was great. <laughs> Uh, Kim and I were trying to see, uh, did he break his nose and the, his nose got fixed or something? Because like, when he's first laying there, yeah, his it, nose looks like it's sideways. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought so, I thought so too. But um, but I think he just has a really weird nose. <laughs> he does. He's been, in, he's been in a couple of bar fights, I think. Yeah, I think so. But they, had, they did have some fun with that scene, you could tell. Yeah. That was hilarious. I wonder how many times they had to do it, because I would have been cracking up. I don't know. I like well, Justin know, Bieber. You, Shite! Yeah. You know, he probably had to have a stuntman for that. Mm-hmm. I'm also wondering you if... Say that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, was that part of the script, or did he, like, come up with all these different answers, and that was just the you best know, I, one? I wonder how much they let him ad-lib, because I bet... He's got to go crazy on that script. I bet... Yeah, I bet he does make up a lot of stuff on his own, especially... I mean, because even writing for some of his dialect, too, you know? Yeah. He's he's got to be coming up with some of that shit himself, especially like the uh, the scene with the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he comes in and he like what I don't even remember what he calls them. He calls them something you snotty little gob or something yeah. like that. You right. know, it's like 
I know the writers aren't writing. And that. he said that, what is like, it? Meet my little friend. When he shows yeah, the well, chainsaw. even like the, you know, it's not going to be bad like a half sheet of LSD at a bullfight sad. <laughs> you know, it's like, I wonder if he's, that would be awesome if he's coming up with some of that stuff. Is well, even in, you know, he just plays off the lines very well, so. Yes, he does. Even if he doesn't, he understands the uh, humor in the lines and can play yeah. them off just fine. Um, we need to, we need to like, as a group, we need to go back and watch some of his old movies and see uh-huh. yes. what he's like in those other things. Actually, Kim, I'm going to put you on. You got to get him on the show, what? so we can actually talk to him. Yeah. yeah, come on, you can do it. Sounds like a challenge. Uh-huh. It is. It is a challenge. I'm putting it in your court, hun. Okay. Come on, you're good with the whole uh, talk your way into places you're not supposed to be. I'm always yes. supposed to be places. Like when you got out of that traffic ticket by saying you were in the military. Yeah, with the <laughs> ring. <laughs> All right, I'll see what I can do. Excellent. So next, yeah, next we go to uh, Quinn Cannon Meat and Power, and again, I agree, Kim. It was weird because you're hearing some of the same kind of sounds from the slaughtering mm-hmm. from the film that you're hearing that he's l- listening on the loudspeaker, and he turns it up after. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's too, Odin. So. It's it's Odin sitting in his desk listening to the cows being slaughtered in their slaughterhouse, and you can hear yeah. the bolt guns going as he's eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's enjoying it, no doubt. Yeah, so no, actually, I think he he hadn't started eating at that point because that's when they brought the letter into him. Yes. Oh, I thought he was eating and Donnie was just sitting there reading the letter. That was to him. later. No, that was later. That was later. Oh, okay. It starts yeah. out with his secretary bringing something to his desk, a folder. Or something. Oh, okay, okay. Right, yeah. and that's actually the letter that Donnie ends up reading later. Gotcha. Is what she brought in, but it, you know, it was just a quick scene, but it really did show you how creepy that dude is. Yeah, what a freak. He's, he is a major freak. He's very narcissistic. Mm-hmm. The whole world revolves around him. Wait, Scott, what, what's the new sign that we see back at the church? Oh, I don't know. I missed it. I, I, oh, I come totally on. forgot. I totally forgot That's to it. write it down. Kim, you got it. Jesus is coming. Run! <laughs> <laughs> they have got to oh, keep going I thought going you were going to be signs. all over that one. I, 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 you know what? Actually, now that you say it, I did write it down on a piece of paper downstairs. Okay. I just didn't put in my notes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. You know, it's a hey, Stu being our tech guy. You need to find yes, a way sir. to get some screenshots of these church signs on our website. I was going to say that too. I'm sure they're all over the place. All right, you can. Do I'm it. on it. You're on it. Okay. You're on it. Okay, so now the next scene, in my opinion, was one of the funniest. Was um, uh, Cassidy is trying to theorize where Jesse's powers come from. Oh, right, right. And uh, <laughs> his his dialogue is just so funny. I don't know if you guys remember oh, it. We wrote it down. No. Oh, yeah. yeah, parts of it. But he, yeah, the first one, he said there's the three different possible Explanations. possibilities for this. Yes. Number one, John Travolta. You know the movie where he gets his power from a brain tumor? <laughs> Number two, oh, Jason. That's what he said. Okay. Yeah. Number two, Jason Bourne. He gets his power from a secret government agency. Or I, it's at least likely, but it's my favorite. You're a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. That was an awesome. Yeah, and then he said, how horribly stoked are we? 
<laughs> and he says, not too horribly stoked, I'm imagining. Uh, and I apologize for butchering these dialogues, but uh, man, right. they were funny as shit. <laughs> that guy's uh, that guy's um, dialogue that he has is just perfect. <laughs> if he wasn't on the show, the show would be really the dark humor would be hard to find. It would be. It would not be half as what it is. No, he's awesome. You know, and it's funny too because the the one of the darkest moments in the show. You know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but one of the darkest moments in the show was actually for me one of the funniest, and that's when. Um, the Blanc and Fiori are getting geared up to go get Jesse in the church. Uh-huh. They're getting out of the van and they got their guns and their helmets on and all of And all of a sudden they get plowed under by Cassidy's van. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't catch it at first. I was just like, what What am I seeing? What? Oh, then I realized, you are jumping ahead. You aren't allowed to jump that far ahead. I had to. It was too funny. Okay. Too funny. It was hilarious. That was probably one of the best moments of the show. I, I just barreled out laughing. I really did. <laughs> It yeah, because they're, they're like when they're back in the hotel room, they've got like all those weapons, and they yep. said they actually said, "Oh, we're not no surprises this time." Right. Yeah, and then they they got helmets on and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> that, that was good. Oh my god, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, but going back to what we were talking about in the previous scene, one one thing I I noticed, and I you guys probably did too, was that it seems like every time Jesse uses his power. That it's almost like it starts pulling him towards his dark side. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, you know, every time he does it, you can see him kind of going into this, like, fugue state yep. his, as he's his doing it. His eyes get all shiny. Yeah, and then he, he, it's like all of a sudden his conscience breaks in there and says, no, oh, wait a minute, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, which is what we see later on mm-hmm. when he actually stops well, yeah, there's himself. A few... Well, we, yeah. we saw that when he was, when he was manipulating uh, Cassidy. Mm-hmm. You know, he got that almost evil look in his eyes when when he was making Cassidy do all that stuff. And he, when he hit the wall, he broke out of it and was like, "Oh my God, sorry." Yeah, right. Like exactly. he had kind of lost c- control of it a little bit. He was just kind of kept because he he was saying stuff faster and faster. Well, he was actually saying, "Go faster, go faster." Right. You right. Know? So he was getting into it mm-hmm. too much and um, kind of losing control of it a little bit. This this power doesn't necessarily put Jesse in a good place. Mm-mm. And can I say when you say power? One thing I was noticing, anytime uh, he seemed to be using it, maybe not in that one, but in other scenes, there seemed to be kind of like little shorts of electricity. Yeah, yeah the right. lights flicker. flickering. Flickering That, as well as with the uh, the angels, as I'm going to call them that, because I kind of agree with you on that, Kim. Thank you. Um, when they were in their hotel room gearing up, all of a sudden you see the lights go zzzz. And I wonder if that was happening because Jesse was manipulating Cassidy at that time. I don't know. They looked at it. Like, they noticed it. Like, yeah, it wasn't, something was it wasn't them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the very next scene. I don't think that whatever is inside of Jesse is a good thing. I think it's probably a powerful demon or evil entity at least and um which is why or they want to satan it. or satan which is why they want to <laughs> capture it and being from heaven okay that makes sense um so that's why i think they're angels i it's it's certainly probably the most plausible i'm not totally convinced but certainly the most plausible but it also makes sense as to why jesse always is having this struggle between good and evil in his body when the when the evil entity starts taking over and making things happen and he gets into that fugue state and just can't snap out of it until somebody gets hurt that's when the good wins over the evil 
That's mm-hmm. the part of Jesse that's winning over is the good part, even though he used to be a bad person. Well, mm-hmm. and I think it, yeah, I think it's exactly what you're saying is that yeah, there's good and evil in him. Uh-huh. And the only reason he hasn't blown up yet is that he can control it in some way. And he was actually, right. he was describing it to Cassidy because Cassidy was like, what is in you? Mm-hmm. Right. And he was saying, it's like, it's everything. It's like palladium and tarantulas and good and bad. And, yeah. He, was, you know, he kept naming all these things. He was like everything mixed up into one. In a so blender. the only, yeah. yeah, the true power that he has which I think I was I was stating from last time when we were talking about how maybe this is a lineage thing where it was, you know, this is passed down through them, is this balance of power, uh-huh. you know, under uh-huh. being able to control the bad and good in a way. And that's something that he has uh-huh. uh, that the other preachers as well as Tom Cruise... <laughs> Yes. Did not handle, which he made. They made another appearance too. Did yes, you see they on did. The TV? Yes, he was the live funeral of Tom Cruise that yeah. uh, Fiore was watching. Yeah, that they were talking hilarious. about this. Or I forget what they. Well, they said, said it's a national tragedy. It's <laughs> a national tragedy. <laughs> oh my god! Very cool. They're having fun with Cruise. Excellent. That's yeah, awesome. I love how everything's tied. All the little snippets of things that are uh-huh. tied together. That's yep. great. Yep. That's exactly right. Oh, that makes me laugh. But then they finally came back to the Quincannon meat and power, which was the thing I was talking about earlier, which was right. Donnie ta- reading the letter, mm-hmm. which he butchers the letter, probably as much as I would have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as, I, as I butcher our listener feedback. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, that's just sad. Well, Donnie was definitely pushed to his limits during this scene. Like mm-hmm. it was yeah. like all this crap was just coming to a head, and then Odin tests him by having him try to pick up his tray because Donnie was saying that or asking if he wanted him to take care of these guys, the guys who wrote the letter. Instead, he belittled him by saying, "No, but you can remove my tray." Right, and so yeah. he he can obviously he can't pick up the tray; it's too heavy and it's too awkward with his broken arm. <clears throat> and then he says, "A right hand man with no right hand." Which makes Donnie feel like, like mm-hmm. well, first of all, he's pissed, but I'm sure it just makes him feel like crap, too. Right, because he's trying so hard to be in this guy's, yeah, to be this guy's right-hand man. Yeah. That's why he beat right. the hell out of that guy that handed the pen to Odin in the last episode. Yep, he's trying to be important. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, was, he was trying to make up with, uh, you know, for his son being embarrassed and stuff, too, and then he gets yelled by all the kids on the bus while yep. he's dropping his son off. Mm-hmm. So he's, I mean, he's been brought to his very low at this point, so. But you know, his wife, this is this is funny, I'm just putting all this together. <clears throat> his wife loves the power that Donnie has. Mm-hmm. And she gets off on it, literally. And she seems to be the only person, well, maybe now his son too, but the only person who really supports him and loves right. him no matter what. Certainly, no one else likes him. Mm-mm. I think he tries no. too hard. I mean, he's a he's a braggart. Yeah, he was introduced as such at the start when he's like the general for the Civil War and the reenactment. <laughs> exactly. He got put down. This guy is just getting beat to who, hell. In this show. Who won? <laughs> who won this time, Lieutenant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I don't know how um, how important he's going to be in the show, but I, obviously they're. You know, he's, he's pretty, pretty important. Uh, he's brought out a good bit. He's relevant right now. Yeah, he is. Until he gets knocked off by somebody. Which I thought might have been what was going to happen in the bathroom. He might become Jesse's 
Confidant, though. Mm. Might take a turn. He might. I, I think he's still... I, I think I think his his pathological need to be liked by Odin might be his undoing in the end. Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 I feel, I don't know what you guys, but I feel that there's going to be a real battle between Odin and somebody else. For and sure. Jesse's going to get pulled into it. Mm-hmm. And Donnie is already going to be into it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see where he ends up falling. But mm-hmm. I mean, Odin didn't leave a very good taste in his mouth by those comments that were made. But at that point, he was kind of taking it all out on Jesse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see where it, where it goes from there. See, mm-hmm. I still think that the name Odin is significant somehow, and the fact that he seems to be an evil person, or at least powerful yeah well, I, like yeah i think it kind of portrays him because odin was the all, known as the all-father or the all-powerful mm-hmm. and i think that's you know i think it just express expresses this guy as being the all-powerful entity to to that company and so forth but i think that the name odin and the grail industries and the fact that well the idea that these other guys are from heaven and could possibly be angels it's just it's all interconnected and coming together here now we don't we don't know if there's any connection between odin and grail industries though no but our job is to speculate right yeah but we haven't even seen any evidence our job is to do whatever the hell we want actually exactly but we haven't seen any evidence (laughs) to lead us to that we just thinking that maybe that's where it's go but uh, well i don't yeah we're seeing those we we see uh queen cannon meet in power yes we do as a big company that seems mm-hmm. to have a lot of power, and then we see something and called a lot of Grail, meat. yeah, Grail Industries pop up. So we're thinking, mm-hmm. okay, there's two huge companies, right. two in- industrial complexes right. that could be in you know in battle with each other. So that's, I think that's all mm-hmm. that is so far. We'll see. Now I'm trying to think if Q M and P means anything else. Well, I wonder. I wonder if it's going to turn out here. Of course, further speculation, but we've got the. The uh, uh, balance juggling that Jesse's doing between good and bad. So I wonder if one company is considered the good company, one is the bad company, and he'll be pulled back and forth between them. Grail Industries versus Meat and Power. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, huh. if you're right, and there's like the the uh, religious aspect of it, and if if the English guys are Grail Industry dudes. Um, and it has something to do with heaven, then that side would be pulling at Jesse. Even though they do seem to be very violent, heaven. But uh, nonetheless. <laughs> well, they're like Mike, Michael the Ar- Archangel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was he was a fighter, he was a soldier, and mm-hmm. he was pretty violent. Mm-hmm. Going back to our Catholic days again, this, this, this show's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Makes your head hurt. Mm-hmm. So, it wait, does. are you trying to... In part, that a show called Preacher has something to do with religion. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. No. Okay. Don't be an idiot. Couldn't be oh. further from the truth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. All right. So Cassidy goes to the crematorium finally, and uh-huh. he burns the body of the guy with the um that took his heart out. Yeah. What was his name? Mm-hmm. Ted. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Ted is dead. Right, 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 Ted. Okay, but then while he's there, he sees the black SUV go by again. Oh, right. Which is our 
our boys, the Blanc and Fiore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Was there any significance with him watching? Because he seemed like very intent on watching the body burn. I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was just fascinated by it. I don't know. Or scared by it. Maybe. Maybe because he, if he goes out in the sun, he'll burn like that. The fires Mm -hmm. of hell. Or the the only way you get rid of a vampire is by burning it. But, I mean, that's the reason he cloaked himself in all that Uh gear, was so that he would not burn. Right. Yeah. So. Okay, so yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted, because DeBlanc and Fiori are off. So is that the is that the truck that he sees and then he was like you idiots after he hits him, he's like you better get a different yes. vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Says, oh I yeah, yeah I know it's you. I see your right, vehicle. Right, 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 right. Well, then they have the uh, the next thing that happens is uh, Jesse and Tulip meet on the road, and that's where they start having their conversation about Carlos. And I will say that I think this whole thing between Jesse and Tulip was kind of like yawn fest and mm-hmm. <clears throat> i guess i can see where they're trying to set the scenario of like what happened in their past and what kind of drove them apart i guess but it was so slow compared to the rest of the show but i will say this i was very surprised um when he took off with her in the car i was too i was too i did not think he was, was... gonna do that especially when she says let's go kill carlos like that's totally against everything that he's been fighting for lately as a preacher right, right. yeah yeah i agree i was surprised that that truck didn't start up i kept waiting for it to start up and him drive off on yeah his right exactly and exactly. she because it looked like she drove off because she was pissed off because mm-hmm. he said no and he wasn't going to join her but yeah i did like her line though where she says she tells him there's no such thing as good guys mm-hmm. just guys mm-hmm. yeah right i you know i i, I kind of feel like especially in the scenes where they're set up like this just like um breaking bad you know the hot desert people you move slow things happen slow (laughs) so it's like you know i mean i expect some slowness and i I think the cinematography during that scene was actually pretty good Mm -hmm. and in kind of faking you out too because they're having this whole conversation all you see is their silhouettes he asks for a cigarette and he lights a cigarette and they're yeah, he. I mean, he reacts to her just holding up the note, right, and saying, uh, "What did he say? Oh, yeah, this isn't crime. This is justice." Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he totally turns to to her and understands who it is. Yeah, he says, "Carlos." Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He as soon as she held it up, she he he immediately knew who she was talking about. Right, and they had a few of those flashbacks during the show. They had the earlier one, and then they had this one right right after that. So happened, obviously, so. the both of them have been looking for Carlos for mm-hmm. years. Right. Um, and Jesse was, I'm sure, looking for Carlos also. So, was, and they were hi- very entwined with that. So, I'd imagine she didn't have to say a whole lot for him to realize this is our our white whale we're trying to find. Well, and at the start of the episode, when uh, she's talking to uh, Danny about this, mm-hmm. she like totally goes into dream state because she's thinking back to when they got screwed over by Carlos. Yep, and, and she so said that's when everything fall apart f- fell apart for Jesse mm-hmm. and me. Yep. Yeah. And that's the same way first thing Jesse does is has his memory of that situation where he right. shot the security cop and uh and the dude takes well, off. I, I have to say he looks a lot cooler now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His he hair does. was weird back then. But I think this has been <laughs> something that has totally engulfed uh Tulip for the past few years and it probably did Jesse mm-hmm. as well, but then he just got tired of the 
of the search. Yeah, and he just he he found you know he found his dad's message right. and had to uh, deal with had to and let that's, go. That's probably with it. that's probably part of the reason that they are no longer together because mm-hmm. they they no longer have the same fight in them. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back to finish up our tale of possibilities. I try to live my life in a righteous way. I try to do my best from day to day. But no matter how hard I try, it seems all I can do is cry. So if I know the doors of heaven left me. All right, so we're back. I know we're we want to hit on the scene that is by far Stuart's favorite of the show. <laughs> yeah, we hit on it a little bit. Yeah, already, take but us. I want to hit it. on it again, like take us two or three times. Well, it's when uh, uh, DeBlanc and Fiore are gearing up, and they've got all their battle gear, helmets. Uh, they've got uh, they're getting their guns out. I think they even were putting like grenades into the, <laughs> the yes. guns, the grenade launchers, and the guns. Uh, and as they had stated earlier, they. Um, they were not gonna take any or get any surprises. They were geared up, and all of a sudden, boom! They get run over by Cassidy. <laughs> and Cassidy comes out, and he's like, "I don't know how you fuckers keep finding me." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "What the hell? I already killed you two. The noise when the truck hits the guys—that's <laughs> oh, awesome. it's hilarious! It's just a cloud of dust and taillights, and then you hear him say something. Like, you two need to get a different vehicle. <laughs> yeah." Yes. I know where you are every yes. time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then he's like, clones. Shit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so these guys get wiped out, and we see um, we see Cassidy leaving the scene. He says something about, now I got it. What, what game? Again, there was a bright light. Well, that's what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. He, yeah, but okay. But he's. Fig- I think the important thing is that he's figuring out these guys are coming back. Yeah. He killed well, he hasn't before. figured it out yet. Yeah, he did. Well, he, no, no, no. He, hold on, hold on, hold he on. He said, I just killed you, though. No, he didn't say that yet. He didn't say that yet. He says that when he sees them again the third time. See, remember, they were ground no, up no, no. He said it in then. the pile. He said it then. Totally. He did. When, as soon as the truck said, hits him, he goes, I already killed you guys. Yeah, because he was like, yeah, and that's why he says clones. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah, because he had seen them before. Okay. So, All right. Okay. But when they came back again in the, I agree. Right. When they came back again in the church, then he was like, "Holy shit! Right. Like they're not going away. Like right. why do you keep coming back?" Mm-hmm. But I thought uh, what I was trying to say. <laughs> well, wait. Were you going to say something else? Because I'm going to talk over you again. I was definitely going to say something. Else. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Sorry. No, I just like the way he's he's <laughs> he walks towards the church and he's like, "Ah, oh, another cleanup shite." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then and that's when you see the flash of light, but he doesn't mm-hmm. notice it. Right. And he goes on the church. The reason I thought that was funny is because you see him uh, next scene or whatever, rummaging around in the in the, um, the store closet or whatever, yeah. trying to find ways to clean up stuff. And he pulls out that little little garbage bag oh, and he's yeah. like, oh, this is going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, trying to find something to put him in. Right, right. And then when he tries to get a, a, a weapon, he gets the candle snuffer <laughs> exactly. and holds it over his head. Like, that's going to do anything? Because, first of all, the little thing moves. 
Well, it, it, you know, it did because <laughs> he found, you know, he knew they were in there and he found uh, Fiore laying on the ground. And Fiore was looked up at him and he went, no, hold on. And it's bam, bam, bam. And then DeBlanc says uh, something like, we're not here for you. And and he stops and, uh, and you hear Fiore on the ground going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> says we're here for the preacher. He knew how crappy his weapon was. Mm-hmm. Because he yelled it out. Yeah. He I, said, I got a weapon. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, got a weapon. I don't know. He was smacking Fiori pretty good with that thing. He was. No, it was a it was a sizable candle snuffer. That's I just, for sure. I just love the way they have that dialogue for the scene and you still hear the whole time you hear Fiori moaning under the yeah. pew. Uh. <laughs> so he talks about the fact he he informs Cassidy that they're not there for him. That they're mm-hmm. there for the preacher and something inside the preacher. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the conversations, and I think that's when they have the conversation, or was that in the preview where he, he's talking about, he's like, well, what are you going to do with the power? Every, no, that was at that wants. point. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because he was talking to them, you know, he, he obviously like, no one should have that was, power. Right. And and that's, you know, that's the scene when they tell him they're, they're from heaven, and, um, you know, it doesn't phase him. Because well, he's a vampire. But well, because um, it was just like it was just like when um, Cassidy told the preacher, uh-huh. you know, his background, where he said, "I am a right uh, vampire, nineteen-year-old vampire from Dublin yeah. City." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's the same when they say, "Yeah, well, we're from he- Fury," says, "or from heaven," that we like completely went over his head, like, "Yeah, whatever, dude." Yeah. He obviously understood their story and i guess a little bit sympathized with it but he was that's when like you said he said um he says well what do you what do you want with it like that and and that's you know that's when uh leblanc said well or de blanc said uh we uh we don't want to use it no one should use it Mm -hmm. i think that's when convinced cassidy that all right maybe maybe i need to yeah and i i I think that's where this the coffee can is is more of symbolic. Mm-hmm. It's not actually a coffee can. It's some container to house this thing. In our reality, it Oops. takes the form of a coffee can. Oh, that's right. a so, mm-hmm. which I think um, the the whole Grail thing, you know, possibly uh-huh. could be a possibility. I'm convinced. Okay, so we got that worked out between Cassidy and the English dudes. So the next thing is our scene with. Um, Tulip and Jesse at the gas station, and they're having an argument. Oh, right. You know, they're Jesse's about to confess to her about his powers, and she gets in that argument with that guy in the hatchback, which and starts yelling at him. What the hell, man? Get the fuck out of the way! I would have been doing the same thing to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she right. thinks she's that important that she can just stand in the middle of the street and everybody has to go around her. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yes, she does. Yeah. She scared that guy away. But uh, once she gets done with her altercation there i guess jesse decides not to tell her and just says mm, i gotta go to the because bathroom. she's being stupid right right so that's when i first thing i don't know if you noticed but when he goes in the bathroom he takes his collar off yes it's the first time i've seen him take the collar off because mm-hmm. hmm. okay. he's getting and, ready to do bad stuff right i think the symbolism there is exactly that and then of course there's donnie with a gun Still pissed off on being made into the bunny man. And how did Donnie find them? It's dark now. They started driving when it was daytime. Have they been driving a while? Did he follow them? Maybe Donnie was in the gas station and just saw them. 
Maybe. Followed him in. It's a little too quinky dinky to me. Yeah, could be. But nonetheless, he's there. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Donnie just hangs out in that bathroom all day. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And yet you're not questioning the fact that DeBlanc and Fiore are showing up after they've been killed multiple times. No, because there's... But Donnie showing up in the bathroom. <laughs> it seems to be they're supposed to be like that. Donnie is supposed to be human. He's not supposed to have secret powers, special powers. Yeah, 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 whatever. Well, maybe he it's does. It's like the whole zombie thing. Like, I'm fine with zombies, you know. I think he's got a sandwich in that cast. <laughs> Possibly. A foot long. Mm-hmm. So Donnie, <laughs> Donnie confronts our Jesse and wants to return the favor of uh, squealing like a bunny. Mm-hmm. And he gets Jesse down his knees, but uh, Jesse's not doing that. Matter <laughs> of fact, he says, I'm not doing that, and you're not killing me. Mm-hmm. And I loved his line where he says, uh, what does he say? He says, Donnie, I promise you this. Um, I'll make it look like a suicide. Uh-huh. I won't. You know, so your family won't get torn apart. Yeah. So forth. You know, I thought that was great. I loved his line where he said, no reason for the whole town to know I beat you like a bitch twice. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Donnie gets pissed off and goes to smack him with the gun. And monster voice comes out of Jesse and says, stop. Right. So, uh, so Donnie does. And, mm-hmm. and then he tells Donnie to... Uh, Sit down on the toilet and then put the gun in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And Donnie's freaking out because this stuff's happening, but not by his own, not by his own power. Yeah, but the yeah, exactly. The entire time when when he's telling him to do all this, he's totally he's in total understanding that he's being made to do it because he right. looks at his arm when he tells him to stop, and he's like, "What the hell? You know, mm-hmm. my arm just stopped moving because he was getting ready to hit him with the gun." Right, and his eyes went saucer shaped when he yep. when he put the gun in his mouth. And so yeah, he's he is whimpering because he thinks he's going to be made to kill himself when he's got the gun in his mouth. Right, and I think I think, but I think Jesse had every intention to do just that. Yeah, but again, I think it was like before when he when he was uh-huh. messing with Cassidy, he was getting as you're probably going to say, he's getting carried away. The power is getting carried away, or whatever's within him. Right, and the good good part in him realized it at the last moment. Yep. And that's why, if you notice, when he left the bathroom, he had the collar back on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then tells Tulip to screw off. Yeah. He's not going to Carlos. But I mm-hmm. think that's that's the big point right there, that the good inside of Jesse won. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the bad versus, or the evil versus the good inside of him is is continuously fighting, but I think that the good is starting to win. I think we've seen that in in most of his scenes when he's dealing with the monster voice. Um, he, you know, the good part ends up stepping in at the end mm-hmm. and preventing him from doing something really bad. Yeah, it, it definitely better now since it's like you're saying it might be progressing more. Mm-hmm. You know, when things uh, start getting really bad, that the voice takes over. Right. So hopefully he's got control now because later on he probably won't. Well, yeah. that's why it's cool. Like for next week, I don't, I'm not really sure what's going to happen next week, but it'll be cool to see how he and Cassidy can work together to figure out like how they can actually use this power to their advantage. Are they going to use it right. for good, which I pro- think they probably will, or are they going to use it somehow for evil or for to um, help themselves become 
you know, rich or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. There's lots well, of uses. Yeah, is the last, not the last scene, but the next to last scene is back with um, the Root family, right? Um, yeah. yeah, well, the, the one more scene before that is where uh, we actually have DeBlanc and, and uh, Fiore talking to Cassidy and oh, getting okay. Cassidy on their team. You're yeah. not, this guy's too powerful with what he's got going on for you guys to go with the way you're doing. He says, you think I'm scary? This guy's real scary. And, yeah. and, and he they says, say, well, do you, can you really control him? He said, well, he's my best mate. Right. He said, let me be the in-between, and yeah. I'll talk him to come to you. So that's where they leave it with those guys. They kind of back off, and they're like, all right, all right, let you let you do your thing. And then we get, like you said, to Eugene and, and the sheriff talking at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And Eugene's talking about, um, oh, what was the girl's name, Lori? Uh, that one yes. Who got, yeah, her, had her eyes her. open, yep. eyes. Yeah. And how he would like to go visit her. And mm-hmm. and the father's like, don't you even think about it. Mm-hmm. So, but that's where we get hints at. It, well, again, back to Kim's original uh, point about the pessimism mm-hmm. about people, right? Because what is he? It, he actually says um, he names the next episode. Well, he says there's a swamp out there, right? Yeah, you're right. I didn't realize it's that. a that's monster right. that swamp out there. Monster yep. swamp. He says it twice. Yep. Monster swamp. Yep, that's true. So, I didn't even realize it. That's good. So he's even though he is the uh, symbol of control in the community, he's scared of everything that's out in the community mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. he feels like everything's a threat. Yep. And then we get to the last scene, which is uh, Jesse and Emily uh, at Ted's funeral, which no one bothered to show up for. Mm-hmm. It's just the two of them and some empty fold-out chairs. And he's giving the eulogy and so forth, and the camera's panning away. And we get to the very last scene, which is an exhaust pipe sticking out of the ground, opening up and right, letting so out you, exhaust. What is the relevance of that? I don't know. What do you think? Because you're, you're interested in what this exhaust pipe is. It was relevant. I mean, it, it was definitely relevant because it's the last thing they showed. Well, if you've ever been to Florida... That would mean that there is a trash dump underneath <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the church. Right. But this is not pretty Florida. much. This no, is Texas. But oh, there yeah. are a lot of oil reserves there. So. Uh-huh. But why would you have an exhaust pipe just all of a sudden start exhausting out of there? Why would they show that? Well, I mean, I, I see where you're getting at. There's got to be something evil, right? Well, or just relevant. Uh, yeah, there's got to be something well, okay. relevant. Let me, about let me that. explain what I'm saying. When when in Florida, mm-hmm. when they they bury all the trash and they have exhaust pipes that release the methane. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. If if people are not familiar with that, uh, so they either burn it or they release it in some way. They've done it in Charlotte too. There's like right. golf courses and stuff that were buried on mm-hmm. top of. Um, so obviously something is underground there, but you're also right at a cemetery. So something being underground right there, it's like, okay, well, what the hell did they bury on top of? And if that cemetery is that old, that pipe must have been there from a long time ago. So I don't know. Yeah. Don't Maybe know it has it something be. to do with the old town. What was the name they Rat, showed Rat on the um, cemetery tombstone? That was his father's. Yeah, his dad was the only one that had like an actual tombstone. Yeah, Everything so else was like crosses. The oh, date really? was 1955 to 1990. Okay, I didn't get to that. Okay. Yeah, um, it was whatever his first name, Custer. Um, 
Okay. So that's when he died. 1990 is when he died. So I guess that's when 1990 is when they had that, um, when he goes back in his memory to the scenes with his father mm-hmm. getting shot. Mm-hmm. And the, the hanging tree is still around. Mm-hmm. Not, and it's obviously, it's not too far from the church, right? Right. Which I don't do. We do we really know in proximity how far away it is from the church? No, uh, we never really saw the church and the tree at the same time. Okay, I don't think so. Um, okay, I don't know what that. I have no idea what that could be. But hey, underground, we're dealing mm-hmm. with uh, God and the devil here. I think it's going to be something relevant. Yeah, I think it's going to be something that we'll find out soon. Maybe it has something to do with, like you said, the swamp monsters. I think this episode just introduced a whole lot more questions than answers. Yeah. Well, I think it was more of him. The whole episode was more of, um, you know, we're seeing the other uh, storylines kind of build up and play out a little bit. But it was more of just Jesse trying to figure out who he is. Mm -hmm. Right. Gave us a lot of background on the on Jesse Tulip's situation. Um, This episode, as opposed to the other one, spent less time with Eugene and Sheriff Root mm-hmm. and and their development and so forth. Um, when we saw a lot more with the uh, English boys this time yeah. too. But Jesse didn't, I mean not Jesse, uh, Cassidy didn't really develop in this one either. He was just the comic foil, but the development was going on elsewhere where we got to see some background stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're starting to see, There's even though we had speculated with the uh, the two angel guys, there's bigger players that we're starting to see these bigger players uh-huh. a bit yeah. more too. So, right. And we got to see more of Odin, Odin, Quinn cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. What, uh, the, the, so the previews though, uh, what were they showing there? We've got, um, they had, they actually had a series of different previews. One was with, um, a long one with Jessity, 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 <laughs> Cassidy and Jesse. That's the new ship. <laughs> Cassidy we'll is... just call him Jessity from now on. <laughs> no, that's right. I'm shipping him now. <laughs> Cassidy was trying to, uh, explain the angels hmm. to Jesse, mm-hmm. which I don't know if many people have seen that one. Cause I don't think it was, I think it was online. I don't think they actually had hmm. it on TV at all. Yeah, I don't think I saw uh, that one. Yeah, but uh, Jesse is completely ignoring him. Mm. And Cassidy is like, this is important. You need to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And and he finally walks out of the church, and Cassidy can't follow him because it's daylight. Uh-huh. And he uh-huh. starts burning, and he runs back in the church. Well, this is obviously Cassidy trying to convince him to go talk to the angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he well, said, he's, so. he's trying to convince He's trying to tell him, okay, there's these guys I killed with a chainsaw, and then they came back. Mm-hmm. And they weren't coming for me. They were coming for you. There's also the scene where Tulip has blood all over her shirt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she is she in the hospital or something? No. She was looking in a mirror or something like that. Well, do we want to just go ahead and talk about next week's episode then? So next week on Preacher, which is season one, episode three, uh, it's called Monster Swamp. Jesse makes... Quincannon, a bet he can't refuse. Cassidy works to fend off the angels, and Tulip tries to bring justice to Anvil. Why is Tulip all of a sudden trying to fight for Anvil? Like, that's different. That's not in her nature. Well, maybe she's trying to solve the problem of Anvil so she can get Jesse out of there. No, she's trying to bring justice to Anvil. Remember, justice is what she's trying to deal with Carlos. Hmm. So is she trying to bring Carlos to Anvil? 
Possibly. Maybe she goes and tries to grab Carlos and bring him back. Mm Mm-hmm. That could be. That could be. I'm telling you, man, I should write these things. You should, should. totally. Or at least describe them. Now, I'd be interested (laughs) to see what Jesse's Jesse's, uh, um, interaction with Odin is going to be. That's interesting. Because Jesse hasn't had any interaction with Odin yet. I don't know. That should be very cool, actually. And why does he have an interaction with him? Is Odin well, trying to to buy the church for the mm-hmm. land? I wonder. Maybe that's what that because that gas pipe, that exhaust pipe, Thank comes you. into play. Yeah, I bet there's oil underneath them hills. That may be why he wants it. Mm-hmm. So Jesse's going to make a bet with him on something. And Cassidy's interaction with the angels will probably just be hilarious. As always. Hopefully Cassidy's storyline gets furthered a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so did we have any um, listener feedback this week? Um, You know, actually, uh, we were kind of late on our podcast uh, getting out. And um, I swear last week was like cursed for our podcast. Yeah, it was terrible. We just had so many problems. So we, you know, we didn't really, I I didn't really reach out to many people. Um, I just had a bunch of people just saying how much they love the show. Okay. So good. um, Good. Yeah, it's good. I appreciate that. Loved our show as mm-hmm. well as the preacher show. Oh, nice. So I can't take all credit for that cuz I you know we don't do, actually do preacher. But yeah, uh still cool. it's good yeah, it's good to hear people are being positive about it. It's awesome show. I don't know how people aren't liking it, but um you know, it's it's um a switch from The Walking Dead. It's completely different. It's a little bit more comedic. Mm-hmm. And um so it you know, it hits a little different taste level, I think for some people, but I think it's actually brilliant. And then we heard from our buddy today, Brian Ross, about he's going to be at the Comic Con or whatever in Vegas. Oh yeah, he's and in that Vegas one of the right producers now. of the show is going yep. to be there, and he was going to try to catch up with him. Yeah, I hope he does. But he wasn't sure which producer was going to be there. That was Ken Levin. Oh, uh, Ken F. Levin. Okay, cool. That uh, was going to be there. I'm Scott, sure you, they're going to be picked. You said up. Ken yeah. actually owes he you does. some money. Come on, Ken, pay up. We're kidding. We're kidding. Jesus. Yeah, I think um, I would think it's going to get picked up, but it has not been picked up as far as I know. And, or they have not announced anything. Well, it's early in the season yet. I'm sure that they will, though. I I mean, I've heard nothing but good about this show. So mm-hmm. Critics love it. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look at AMC's, like, Ever like their marketing pieces they're putting together now. They're showing Walking Dead, Fear the Walking right. Dead, mm-hmm. and Preacher. Like tons of clips. So it's their new cash cow. I think yeah, I think they're going all in with Preacher mm-hmm. on this, as they should. Uh it's it's a totally different feel and um the writing is awesome, the casting as well as um you know, any any of the cinematography is, Without a doubt. is really well Without done. A doubt. So. I really hope that Walker Stalker or Heroes and Villains picks up some mm-hmm. of these actors. I have a feeling they will because there's such a comic crowd that's involved with that. And this is a comic series. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine there will be a good bit of that. I hope mm-hmm. so. I want to meet Arseface. Uh, yeah. I just want to meet Cassidy. Well, I like all of them. I'll meet yeah, anybody. Exactly. Well, so another show previewed last night. Did you guys watch Ride with Norman Reedus? Uh, no. I know Stuart did. No, I did not. Yes, you did. <laughs> so what did you think, Stuart? 
Uh, it was okay. It was fun. It wasn't uh, quite as cheesy as I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Um, it was okay. I mean, a lot of it was very staged. Was it a lot of people running around going, I love you, Norman, I love you? There wasn't, there wasn't really any of that. Um, yeah. But he did seem to have some sort of um, police presence at some points when they were on the PCH, like riding around. So Yeah. Uh, for anybody who's been living under a rock, this is Norman Reedus's brand new show that follows him around the country on his motorcycle. And along the way, he picks up um, friends, quote unquote, that he rides with. Mm-hmm. And they visit different cities and they along the way they visit like, you know, off the wall, kitschy type of attractions or tra- tourist attractions, you know, type things. So this first one, he rode with his friend Imogene. I can't remember her last name, but she owns a jewelry place in L.A. And he met her in, in Atlanta when she was doing a cross country trip on her motorcycle and they traveled up the Pacific Coast Highway up to Santa Cruz. And along the way, they stopped at a couple of different places. And they went um, dune bugging in the dunes. And then they went to some house that was owned by this eclectic older man who, like, used um, toilet seats as windows and, like, crazy things like that. And it just it's just the story of him and his journey. Yeah. And then it, it culminated with him going to Santa Cruz and appearing on a podcast with a a biker group that was there that was run by um, a woman who encouraged off-the-wall people or, you know, people who didn't fit into society, really, to get into bikes and and had them, like, repair bikes in order to own their own motorcycle and things like that. So it it was really cool, like a heartfelt type thing. But she also has her own podcast. And so it's really just this story about the people that he rides with and the different bikes that they ride on. Cause they, they do everything from dirt bikes to like Harleys and BMWs and anything in between. And, um, I actually liked it. It, it was still cheesy. It was super cheesy. <laughs> but I mean, as much as any, any of these other reality shows, you know, where they're going to diners and things like that. I mean, it was kind of like that. So, I mean, to be honest, I don't know that it really had a much different, to it so but, is this norman um, being able to make a lot of money off of his vacation yeah all right. all right uh and they are going to the appalachians so that'll be interesting i wonder if they do a show through georgia they do one through florida with peter fonda that might really? be interesting so they, okay okay and they're going to death valley there's only six episodes so it'll be a new location Isn't peter fonda like 200 <laughs> yeah <laughs> You, so wait, you... this is like that. That was it for uh, Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So each each story or each show is one is a new location. He's gonna run out of places like pretty quick. Well, mm-hmm. and like for the, so I don't know if they're <laughs> picked up for a second season or not. But the first season is all the United States. But Norman said in an article that I read today that he wants to go to Europe and Asia with it. Well, he would have to. He's going to have to. <laughs> if he's only hitting a diner on the Pacific Highway, he's going to run out of places, to run out of roads. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to do like Che's um, ride through South America. And stuff. He's going to do like south of the Jay border Gubara. in South Carolina. That actually would be a great place for him to go. Yeah, that would seriously. Be like. Yeah, go up to um, South Dakota, up to the Corn Palace. Yes. Oh, Corn Palace. We should suggest these places. 
<laughs> so if like um who's that guy anthony bourdain if you like his style of tv uh-huh. show then you'll like this yeah but yeah it was it was okay i mean honestly uh, anthony bourdain's more entertaining right <laughs> than, he's, than, he's than a lot more is. edgy if you like motorcycles a lot um then you will see some cool motorcycles during this mm-hmm. If you like Norman Reedus a lot, you'll see a lot of Norman Reedus in this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which there are a lot of people that are infatuated with. I bet you there's a lot of a lot of Norman Reedus going, Come on, y'all, let's drive. Let's yeah, ride. Uh, there actually was. There, there was a lot of that. Let's <laughs> ride. Let's check it out. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norman, okay, let's go. Yeah, 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 Norman. Yeah, good night. I'm going to bed. Oh, Norman Reedus just said good night to me. Yeah, they did stay in an Airstream park, which was pretty cool. So, all in all, it was a good show. It's not something that I would actually seek out to watch, but if it's on, I would watch it. That's a ringing endorsement. End commentary. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Um. Do, does anybody else have anything else they want to add about the show we watched tonight before we... I cannot wait to see the one next week. Me too. Uh, that's uh, They've really built it up awesome. Um, the comments, I think, that you said were coming from some of the, uh, the press saying mm-hmm. that um, the next four are going to be so awesome. Mm-hmm. I think this, this last one was a little bit less than the first two. Right. And, I, I thought um, so too, to tell you the truth. But I, agree. I am extremely excited for what we're going to see next week. Really, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be awesome. Yep. And I won't be here next week. Oh well, be that way. Um, Did I say I was extremely excited for next week? Oh, thanks. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so not oh, only on, will you Cam, get rid of the kids, but you get rid of your wife too. Oh, I have the house to myself. Yep, that's Bachelor really good. Days. See, I'll, I'll still be free then. I mean, I'll still be alone. I will be recording in your underwear, from the bathtub, <laughs> naked. You <laughs> don't need that visual. Unfortunately, I've got a video camera, so that really eating freaks cheese. me out. Ew. Eating, he'd be sconced in velvet eating cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Yes. Oh, yes. Gross. That is pretty gross. Actually, Scott and I might have... Well, you're not going to stay here for Sunday, so we won't be able to watch it together. No, but, that'd um, probably be a little tough. No, but Scott's going to come down and visit this weekend, so I'm yeah. excited for that, too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll go do a remote. Here we are in the park. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Y'all, Doing nothing. Ooh, y'all should go down to Sonoy. No, you know what we're going to do? Is go to Growler time. That's, that's where we're, where gonna we're going. That's where we're going. We're going Growler time, baby. Yes. <laughs> I think we do a remote from Growler time. Yes, we should. But you really should go to Sonoy. They won't be filming, but you could go see the sights. I would. Yeah, sure, Kim. Already said we're not doing that, but thanks. Fine. Whatever. (laughs) Love you all the same. Thank Uh, you for flipping me off. (laughs) Everybody at home, my wife is now flipping me off. That was a single digit, for those (laughs) of you who don't know. She's saying, talk to the hand, but with one finger. Because the wrist is pissed. Birds. <laughs> All right, on All that right note, guys. are we ready to wrap this up? Oh, I think we wrapped it up about 15 <laughs> we minutes ago. It up. Yes. We wrapped, we it, wrapped it, up. it up. We wrapped it up. Put a bow on that. All right, All right. Cam.
Thanks, everyone, for listening to us. <laughs> I know it was very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you can find us if you so desire on Twitter, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes, and a whole bunch of other places that we told you about last week. <laughs> Good lord! You can also find us uh, on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. And if you want to get in touch with us or send us any thoughts on our episodes or the show's episodes, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to review episode three of Preacher. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Call it masturbation, either way it's a solo operation I'm just far more